Sound check, 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 one, two. This is the 217 Recovery Podcast with Corey Winfield. And he knows as soon as he gives it to her, he's going to give her his heart to her, too. And we'll have kids and get married. That's too far. Holy shit. <laughs> Welcome to the 217 Recovery Podcast. It is the 18th of April. 2020. Easter has come. Easter is gone. COVID-19 is here to stay, which as long as I get that unemployment check, I'll be great. But until then, uh, kind of speed things along. Joining me tonight is not Chris Goss. Joining me tonight is my friend, Jamie Kelly. <laughs> Jamie, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, Corey? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Just waiting on that... Uh, like government money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Any of us going to get that then? I don't even care about the stuff I didn't earn. I just want the stuff I did earn. I haven't asked for it in, in years. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and and thank God that, uh, you know, we talked yesterday, I think, and, and I told you that I was very happy that I finally put myself on payroll with Total Roofing Service. Mm-hmm. So, um but yeah, we all need some money. Well, Alan hears your voice, and I think he wants to piss on the pillow. Pee yeah. <laughs> on the pillow. Sorry for saying pals. Yeah. Maybe you can edit that one out. Uh, not going to do that. We're adults here, Jamie. We just we just try to keep the swearing to a minimum. You know, there's sometimes when you're telling and, a story, absolutely. You know, it just it comes out, and I don't want to keep people away from that. But we don't need to start the show with "Hey, MFers, what?" You know, I, that's no, just not how I roll. No, 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 no. Your and, show, show, nor I, nor my show is going to have that. We're not going to do that with no, the, with the shows. No, because we're here for a different purpose. Yeah, and that's to help ourselves in recovery and the people that listen. You know, hey, if they want to follow along too, it's kind of like a soap opera. That's how my mom says it. Yeah, no, so I. I can't get get this out fast enough, you know. I can I can't get this episode out fast enough because I need it. That's what she said. I've needed it for uh, a few days. Yeah, she yeah. always says it, right? Yeah, and we're gonna get into. Well, we can just get into it right now. Um, Jamie, you were on the show two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and we had a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, my mom heard it. My girlfriend commented on it to me, too. She's like, I really like that guy. Like, I really like what he had to say. And if this is your first time listening, Jamie's my friend. We roomed together at a uh, treatment facility, and Jamie ended up leaving there early. Jamie never made it to room 217, but we did have some good times down in room 112. Not like that. Not like sexual or anything, but, well... Not with you anyway. <laughs> Sexual relationship. But um, no, it it was it was funny. We got to we got to know each other uh quite well. We lived together for a couple of weeks there and um I remember thinking when I first met Jamie, first of all, I was like, Oh my god, this is this guy's first rehab and he's gonna have a long, hard road. And I remember when you left, I, I didn't I didn't want to tell you anything 'cause I didn't I didn't want you to think negative and I didn't want you to think that I was thinking negative or that I had any doubts in you. But I just remember I kept saying, well, you know, this this is the number 15 for me. You know, it's, it's not an easy road. I kept kind of throwing those things out there to kind of set you up because I know how hard you would take it when you relapsed. And that happened. And um, 
I think you're starting to kind of put it together to where it, it's it's not well, it is physically hard, but it, it's mentally hard. It, it is a hard, it's a long, hard road. Oh, my God, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, think about it, though, Jamie. How long have you been drinking? How long has that been your go-to, you know? Well, we, uh, we, we talked about that. It's been, you know, 35, 38 years that I've been doing this. Yeah. It really has been. So. I mean, if you only had... It's been let's a long just, time. Let's just throw this out there as an analogy. So let's just say you were having intercourse with just with little people your entire life and then boom you meet a nice thick latina latino woman or whatever you're you're gonna your mind's gonna be blown man you know like you're gonna have a lot of changing to do there you know is what used to work for you all the time used to you know do it for you <laughs> and now is this not gonna work it's hard to change and the first thing you want to do is go back to what you know you know, you're like, man, this 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 Latina, she's hot, you know, and uh, she can make great food. But I, I got to go back to what I know because I was really good at that. And even if you weren't as good as you thought you were, you knew it. You were comfortable with it. Does that make sense? Or was I way out there on that one? Um, I, it's, it's, it's a decent analogy, again. Um, Thanks. Thanks for the thing is, is that it's... Uh, um, you, you know, for, for me to put it like that, you know, I'll never think of being an alcoholic as I would a sex addict, let's say. Ooh. But um, what I know is when something upsets me, when I get angry, when I get depressed, when I get upset, when I get hurt and can't take care of it, I've got a good friend. And, and it's it's a bottle of vodka. It's a bottle of Captain. It's a bottle of beer. It's it is what it is. It's alcohol all in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and that's that's what I've done. That's that's where I've gone to. Mm-hmm. And it seems like I can never break that cycle. Honestly, because. The whole thing here is we are being brutally honest. And the cycle is, if you don't feel well, go get a drink. It'll make you feel a lot better. And it it doesn't. It never has. You know, we hung out yesterday for three hours or whatever. Mm -hmm. To me, it felt like a lifetime. (laughs) Um, And you knew what I had done. You knew I had relapsed. Uh Uh-huh. But brutally honest, and you never you, brought it up. No, there was there was no there was no need to. You have to you have to move on. You have to keep going forward. In my experience, you know, to right. to bring it up and to talk about it with you. you know, the only thing I said to you was, well, you know, Jamie, because you you had mentioned that you did um, a meeting. You know, at your where was that? Is that in Battle Creek or was that in New York? It was both. It was Battle. It was Battle Creek at the VA there, and it was uh, it was at the VA in Bath, New York, that I I started a couple different meetings. Yeah, because you were like, "Why are we just sitting around not doing anything? Like, let's do something." So you and a couple of the guys, you know, you said you started a meeting and started doing something at night, and you called it brutally honest. And I, I looked at you and I, I said, "I like that." And you know, to be a part of two seventeen recovery, obviously you have to stay sober. And you know, I looked at you and I, I said, "Jamie, you know, like." I like this idea. I, I think this is going to be great, but you know, you're going to have to stay sober. 
And that's the only thing I, I really need to say. And you just kind of were like, yeah, I know. And that, that's and the only. And that's what happened all day today. Uh, I've been looking forward to this all day today because it's the only thing that's kept me sober today. Nice. Was, was being brutally honest. I, I asked you, you know, do we have to bring that up, Corey? Do we have to bring up another relapse? <laughs> and you said, no, but if you want to be brutally honest, you do. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's been my, uh, my entire goal today is, is to have become brutally honest with myself. And, uh, that's what we're doing tonight. You know, this uh, normally, uh, I'm a pretty lighthearted guy. Obviously, you know that, uh, everybody knows it. And, uh, man, you know, I had some things come along this week and I went back to what I know, you know, mm-hmm. I, I went back to that old friend and boy, it didn't say a thing to me. <laughs> that thing never talked to me one bit, bro. It never does. It didn't talk back a bit. It didn't help me a bit. It didn't. The only thing it did was say, hey, you, you've got to go take care of a situation that you've been afraid of your entire life. And that's, um, we're, we're not going to get into who was abused, but I had somebody that is so close to me get abused by a man. So I had to go talk to a friend. Did I actually learn, you know, it uh, it uh, becomes your enemy. You know, you think you want it, but you don't. No, you really don't. And that that's one of those experiences that, or one of those situations that you don't really prepare for. You know, it's not like you can say, well, I'm not going to that bar because I'm walking to the bar, I'm going to want to drink. You know, these everyday, these life situations that pop up that we're just not prepared for. We didn't see it coming. Those are the trickiest and the scariest to to realize and to divert yourself and to switch, to switch lanes. Go, I, 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 I'm not going down that one. And th- that is going to continue to happen. And I would assume for the rest of our lives, you know, but we just, we have oh, to get. Oh, for sure, because that lane's always going to be there, yeah. my friend. That, that it's, one, it's life. That's the lane. It's your. It's always going to be there. It's always there's always going to be a curve of the road, and it's uh, you can always pull over. I don't care where we're at. We can swerve over from the driver's lane to the curb, mm-hmm. and and it's going to be there. You, you know. Yeah. And I, I hope I hope you're you're understanding us. And, and one of the, you know that big thing that we talked about yesterday was just being honest, just be brutally honest. And I hadn't felt better in a long time than I did this morning when I talked to you. Yeah, you called me at seven o'clock in the in the morning, and I'm like, okay, what's up? You know, and you you kind of talked, and you're like, man, I want to do this kind of thing. And I said, yeah, let's let's do a podcast later. And I was thinking maybe three or four, and. You're like, great. And that's when you brought up, you know, hey, uh, do we have to mention, we don't have to mention the relapse, too. I'm like, you don't have to, but, you know, you want to be brutally honest, then you probably should. And, you know, I thought that was a, a good sign that you changed from no, no, no to, yeah, you're right. You know, I do. I need to be honest with it. And I think it helps people that are listening because, <clears throat> excuse God, me. it sucks, though, man. It, it just, it's so ridiculous. Well, 
it especially, is. But... You know, again, if you go to my background, you know, I'm a Marine. And, uh, and we're, we're the biggest, strongest, fastest, deadliest people in the world. Besides ninjas. And then there's this liquid that can just beat us apart. You know, and it's more than liquid. It's, you know, for for my other friends or other, you know, uh, uh, brothers and sisters in, in, in the armed forces, it could be a lot of other things. It's a substance. It's right. something that can kill us without us ever going to combat with it. Uh, we... we we will never hear a trace. We'll never see a trace around. We'll never hear a trace of its, of its, the the shot that it's bringing down. But we all battle with it, you know. And I know that's might be hard for you to understand, or you know, some of our listeners tonight. But you know, we're we're battling a demon that we can't kill unless we talk. Right. And that's the last thing we're, we're taught is how to talk to the demon that's going to kill us. I was thinking about you today, Jamie, and about what we were going to talk about and being brutally honest. And I thought I should tell you this, that you may not think you're helping somebody right now, but there's somebody that's going to listen to this, Jamie, and go, wow, that guy's vulnerable. He just relapsed. And you can go back and listen to your podcast from a few days ago, you know, a few weeks ago, whatever, and hear that you excited about, you know, having the three months sober. Everything was going to seem great. And then, boom. Super cocky. Super yeah. ready. Right. But you're ready vulnerable. For the and, world to come attack me. And you're being honest about it, Jamie. And that that's yeah. something that, you know, it's hard. It is very hard because you – First, at least with me, I would want to just hide it away like, hey, I'm going to drink this weekend and that's it. Of course, it it never stopped. I I started drinking that weekend and next thing you know, it's a week later, I'm in the hospital. It never stopped. I was talking to my girlfriend uh, the other day and I I told her that I walked past the – I was at Walgreens and I walked past the cough syrup and I was kind of standing in line. I looked over and I was like, man, I could buy a couple of those and – you know, just get a buzz, I guess, from those. And, and I mean, right? It was, and nobody would think anything of it. No, nobody it, think anything of it. I would though, and it, it was so quick. I mean, it, it didn't last long, but I acknowledged it and I talked to her about it. You know, and it's it's those little moments that you can go. That's that's old behavior. That's that's something I I just would have told anybody. And then two weeks from now, maybe a month from now, I'm in there and I decide, you know what, I could do that, and no one would know. But the fact that I talked about it and I expressed to her and I. I open up to her about everything and even my midget fetish, which kind of scares her, but we'll talk about that <laughs> another, another time. Like we, we can, we're not supposed to say that. I think I told him that oh, on, little on people. the last show. Little people. Um, right. There you go. Yeah. Did I talk about him on the and, last well, show too? Here's, here's the, you know, if I, if I can say something to anyone out there that's listening to us, it's that I was violated in the worst way by the one that I love the most in the world. When I, when I say I always love somebody violated two of us at one time. And again, there's no excuses for what I did. And yesterday, again, I, I needed you here and God put you in my hands and said, here, don't say anything. You don't need to talk. 
but you pulled up here, you know? Mm-hmm. And when, when that happens, it starts a cycle, a new cycle of things that you have guilt about. You wonder how you can let a situation happen, but you can also say, hey, I can fix this if I stay off the sauce Yeah, for me. You know, I can't ever take it away from what happened to this person, but I can at least be there and be present. And the biggest violation that, well, three of the people that I love the most in the world, the biggest violation they've ever had to themselves has not compared to the violation that I did by just talking to that old friend, that, that whiskey locker, you know? So I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is they were, I violated them worse with what I did than if I sexually abused them, you know? And I hope that's coming across the right way. Yeah, it is, but... Because I'm the guy that's supposed to protect them. And instead, I did the one thing that they wish would never, ever happen to me again. Well, it it is... It, it happens, and that's what you knew to go to. Um, like like you said earlier, you thought it was your old friend. You realize that it's it's not your old friend. <laughs> it, it, it was it's poison. Oh, it, no. it, it's hell. Alcohol is not my friend at all. It, it's a process, Jamie. If if this was so easy, uh, I probably wouldn't have a podcast about it. I would have just stopped drinking. And I think that's the difference between people who aren't as deep. I, we I think we had that conversation in the car the other day. Is for people who just go out, like my my brother, who, he's addicted to hunting. He will not admit it, but everybody's addicted to something, in my opinion. And for us, we're addicted to alcohol. We drink that alcohol. Good times, bad times, sad times, only times we drink alcohol. And after a while, your body becomes dependent on it, and it, it, it's dangerous because it it harms your liver, it shuts down your liver, it shuts down your kidneys. It it does all kinds. Uh, of- for me, it's 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 chronic pancreatitis. Oh, and that, that hurts like hell. And Oh, it does. It, it's, it's the most painful thing. I was on life support for days on end. It's and these three people that I'm talking about that were hurt by somebody else that I can't go out and do anything to because it would only hurt them worse. Um, or hurt by what happened to me, what my quote-unquote old friend did, you know? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, being an alcoholic is it just sucks, brother. <laughs> I mean, you're one. You're one and, and I applaud you for the sixteen months. Thanks, man. Well, I don't even have sixteen days anymore. You know? I've got day I, I've got days. You've got months. You've got a year. And that's the that's the thing that, you know, um anybody that has ever met you in your life you, you, you've done something amazing to for, you know, in my opinion. And I know I didn't say much yesterday. I know we just, uh, you know, we just rode around to places we shouldn't have been. (laughs) And, you know, we, we picked up everything in Walmart, uh, in a clearance aisle, you know, and we shouldn't have, (laughs) 
Wow, they had a big but sale that on that so heat better. stuff. That was so much better than picking up that fifth of vodka. I needed that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I hope anyone listening to us will come back and say, hey, man, can, can we go to Walmart and touch shit? Because I'll go. <laughs> I'll I'll take the chance with Corona. <laughs> but, um, but for real though, for people like versus, us, we, we do need that. Versus sitting at home. It was amazing. We didn't talk to each other most of the time. No, I could tell you weren't feeling well, and just but just no, to get because out the, and... the, because the guilt of what we, the damaging effects of what that does to the other people that we love, that we try not to hurt, that we try to keep this a secret from, is crazy. You know, it's, uh, it's the depression, the depression that the mind gives you after knowing that you hurt everybody that has faith in you sucks, mm-hmm. you know, but that is not, uh, that's uh, not ever, not ever once did that stop me from drinking, knowing that when I picked that up and you know, even though it was just for the weekend, the the thought of guilt or shame that I would have if they found out I didn't care. Oh, I was I was I was trying to figure that one out because I thought you were saying that you never had guilt or shame. Oh no, I did, but it never stopped me from like when I was in that when I was in the picking liquor store up. picking up that bottle. I never thought, you know, I'm going to feel really guilty about this. I'm going to put it back. Oh, for sure. Not one time ever did I ever do that. No. Nope. Um. Nope. I have went to a liquor store before and bought cigarettes, which probably a lot of people would say not a good idea, but it was on my way to an AA meeting, so I figured I was good. But, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and I told everybody at AA meeting, I'm like, I was just at the liquor store getting some smokes, and they're like, why would you buy smokes at the liquor store? I was like, I don't know, because it was on the way. And they're just looking at me like you're an idiot. And it's comfortable. It's comfortable. It's you, those people you walk in, and, and those are the same people after, even after, you know, my short temp. Um, or stint, excuse me, uh, of sobriety, uh, it was comforting because they know you. And I actually have thought about this too. And I was like, you know, I'm helping out a small business. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm yeah, helping Jamie. out. I'm doing my part during this. I'm, I'm helping out a small business. Oh my God. You know, th- that is the psychological battery that this disease plays on you. Mm-hmm. you know? It is. It's just, it's a, it, it, it's a tough son of a gun. Right. I, and I remember you telling me and, and, and giving me a book and then ultimately uh, taking the book back because I guess it was your favorite book. You couldn't live without it. You weren't reading it. I couldn't live with it. <laughs> I was reading it. I was reading it. I remember I was waiting on glasses, mm-hmm. and uh, and my counselor got my glasses, but I've probably seen too much with new vision. Um, but regardless, uh, what what what's it called? How to influence people and make new friends? How to win? <laughs> how to win friends and influence people? Yeah, and That's I still book. haven't read that book since, you, since you ripped it out of my my bloody claws. <laughs> you weren't um, reading it. No. I've read a lot of books since then. Um, I've read a shit ton of Nicholas Sparks books. Um, but I, I still haven't read that 
particular book. And I think I think that's your fault. I think you should give me the book back. But, um, but yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's a huge disappointment to everybody because I'm the guy that doesn't. I'm not able to recite the A book. You know, I'm not the guy that can go into an uh, uh, an NA meeting and even remotely understand what those people are saying. Um, but the books that I can read and do read are amazing. They, they fill my mind with things, mm-hmm. but then I get into the, to the meetings and, and I'm, I'm going to kind of segue into my, my podcast that we're going to start here, uh, hopefully shortly, um, in a brutal honesty, because I walk into those meetings and I walk into all those classes and I do all the things that you should do, quote unquote, and I hear these people for the five, six, ten time. And we talked about that. Um, and I look at them and I know they're going to go relapse. But in my mind, I'm the guy that's not going to. I'm not going to relapse. And it, it, so with, with my brutal honesty uh, classes or uh, what do we call it, meetings, the brutal honesty thing is I want to, to call the other guy out if he needs it. <laughs> but I also, I also want to be, I know you, you think it's like, but I also want to be the guy that when we're in that class of, and when people are talking and being honest, um, I, w- I want to shut up and I want to learn something from them. And that is, I think my truly biggest um, problem, nightmare, horror, whatever you want to call it is being in these these meetings and listening to these people and they're saying everything everybody wants to hear and I'm like you're full of crap and you're full of crap and you're full of crap. Well that's Oh the... you you I believe you. I believe you guy. <laughs> that's the thing, but that's Jimmy. why people are attracted to the brutal honesty aspect of the meetings. You know? Well let's rewind you, it. You don't for a call minute. everybody out, but you can. I'm going to rewind it, Jamie. First of all, All those other people, what they're doing does not affect you one bit. If they're up there saying that they do this and that, and then you watch them leave the meeting and go right to the liquor store, you know what, Jamie? Ain't nothing you can do about that. You know, and if you want to start, and they can call it taking other people's inventory. If you want to start worrying about that guy and this guy and that woman and that woman and that, you don't got time for that, man. And that's why they say... It's a selfish program because, Jamie, the only person you have to worry about is yourself. And the moment you start throwing your attention other places, it's a lot easier to fix other people, Jamie. It's so easy. I can tell you everything you're doing wrong. I can tell you this, that, this, and that. But if you would read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, nobody likes to be criticized. When you criticize somebody, well, they're going to go on the defensive and they're going to throw it right back at you. Well, Jamie, you just relapsed then. So it's not good to... And I understand where you want to go with brutal honesty, but to criticize people and to judge people for for what they're doing, it's it, recovery is hard. You know that I know that, and it takes mm. what it takes. So it does. My advice to you, even though you didn't ask for it, is to just kind of take your own experiences and be brutally honest with yourself in front of other people, and I think they'll open up with feeling comfortable like hey this guy just told me he just relapsed two days ago and he's on a podcast again Corey hasn't given up on him 
he hasn't given up on himself. He got right back up. He, he's dusted himself off, and he's going again. You know, let's get that three month chip. You get that three month chip, Jamie. I'll I'll buy you that book. I'll send it to you. It'll be delivered on your house at your house. Deal. Okay, by a little Deal. person, maybe if I can get a little person to do it. But yeah, so three months, and I'll I'll get you that book. And you know, if it takes six months for you to get that three months, so be it. You know, the offer still stands. But um, if you want the to do the thing that has me not upset with with what you're saying, and again, I I don't mean to cut you off, Corey, but with brutal honesty, it is the things that we, and I guess this is a from a veteran's point of view. Um, we we talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was all high and mighty and and stuff. I'm a United States Marine, um, you know, and and that's my background in these things. And I'm going to be there for the other veterans that want me to be brutally honest with them, you know, say, Hey, I know you're just talking to talk, man. Mm -hmm. We got to stop just talking. We got to do, because I feel like if me personally, and I'm being uh, selfish right now. And that's fine. If I had that the other night, when I decided to open up that vodka, that, uh, that I wouldn't have done it, man. I just, if there was another veteran with me, I don't think I would have done it because he just said, you're full of shit. Look at yourself. Look at what you're about to do, you know? And that, that's my part of what we're trying to get out there because we don't have other veterans um, that will, will, will call you out on, on your bullshit to, you know, I, and I don't mean to swear in your podcast, but you know, we're the best of the best. We're the strongest of the strong, you know. And had I had one of those guys there looking at me saying in a meeting that night, which we haven't been able to have because of all this coronavirus, I I truly and honestly, in my heart of hearts, feel like I would not have picked up a bottle that night. Well, does that make sense to you? It, it I mean, does. Can you, can you understand it? I'm... I'm trying to explain it from a, a civilian's point of view also. Um, well, yeah, and it, it, I understand the circumstances and the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, but the bottom line is <clears throat> it did happen. It is what it is, and I see what you're saying with, man, I wish there was more options, and the only way you can sit back and say, man, I wish there was more options is to physically create those options. I created this podcast. Right. I created 217 Recovery. That that's a company that's right. going to help people. That keeps me on the path. You know, I found something that I knew that I was passionate about. I, I was in radio for 20 years. I'm a professional radio Perfect. broadcaster and I love helping people. So Perfect. those two what things worked out great. Perfect. That's exactly the message I want to convey. Yep. And you can find that and you know, you kind of have a but path you gotta what, you, what and you, you got to know where to look. Well, you got to create it. And that's you, what I'm going to do. You should know this more than anybody. Jamie. You know, like you can sit back and wait what for I'm someone else do. to do it, but you're going to wait a long time and it's not going to be what you had even in, in, you know, like envisioned. And sometimes you just got to put on the big boy pants and go, okay, I'll start it. And I think you I'm have no, no problem up. with that. You know, you've, been through the, a lot the, of the hard stuff. The one thing stuff. about me that you you know is that not only can I be 
you know, the roughest, toughest guy in the world. I can also be the most sensitive guy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing right now. That's what we're doing with 217. I believe that's what we're going to do with brutal honesty. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be the thing where you just can say, I'm done. And I need this. I need to talk to you today. I needed to talk to you today. Honestly, I needed to talk to you yesterday to not have a drink. Um, and the other thing for veterans, the tough thing is, is that they fill us up with drugs at the VA. You know, just shush. If you're quiet, promise you you'll have this prescription next year. And again, we talked about last week or last last uh, time I was on is is that you can manipulate pretty good mm-hmm. to get the drugs that you need. And then you can tell yourself, and we can tell everybody else, we're not addicts. We're not addicted to these things because we got them the quote-unquote right way. Do you remember that day that you and I were talking and and you gave me that thing and I had that epiphany? Do you remember that? Mm, You can refresh my memory if you want. We we were in that room, that, that first room down there, I believe. Alan may have just pissed on your pillow. <laughs> You're pretty upset about and, and just in case anybody's wondered, Alan's my dog, my my service dog. That's stupid dog. But uh you we we just laid back and uh, obviously you were in your bed, I was in mine. And I said, Man, I just I, I don't understand why the VA won't step in and give me my pills. And you said to me, that's how addicted you are right now is that you want to manipulate the system that you checked into and you can't have those pills. (laughs) And you you called me out again. That all goes back to brutal honesty because I could not get the pills I wanted at that time. And, and that's how a lot of us veterans are right now. So it's this bad, man. I don't. I know you guys don't think that we can fake stuff or be charismatic enough, but we can get what we want because the VA now isn't giving those pills out unless you have cancer. Mm. But there's a choice now, a choice program that you can go to a pain doctor out here away from the VA, and you can tell them that, yeah, I want... I, I I need, not want, I need my painkillers because I hurt. So the VA essentially is like, sweet, this guy's not coming back into the, uh, to the, to the VA, to the, the, uh, um, uh, the, the C box is what most of us call them, but the, the external, uh, doctor's office and asking they're just they're going to this other guy and the guy's writing them a strip and we'll pay for it all day as long as we don't have to do it right because now the va looks really good mm-hmm. we didn't give it to them they did and yeah. uh so the the c box or these these outlets um and these extensions these fingers um anybody that's a, a veteran will know what i'm saying will understand but then you can get the pills there and that's the horrible thing about that, Corey, is that the, the veterans 
being what we are, we have we have a code of honor and we think it's okay. It's it's okay because they sell alcohol in a store. It's okay because they give us our painkillers in a doctor's office. This guy's name says doctor on it. Right. You know, and 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 so we're not feeling like like we're doing anything wrong. And that's the worst part about it is when you know you're messed up is you don't, you don't, there's no excuse because you didn't buy heroin yesterday off the street. Uh, you didn't buy crack from a crack deal. You didn't buy, uh, what, what's that shit those guys talk about all the time? Meth. You didn't buy meth from a meth dealer or ice or whatever they call it. Um, so you make an excuse that it's okay. And, and again, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's just not, they, they can blame it on the system too with, well, there's why I have to oh, go buy heroin. Isn't that so is, convenient? It's because they, they, they cut me off. It's the doctor's fault for not giving it to me now. So that's why I went in that. And then I started shooting it up and I realized, wow, that's amazing. And that's so much better. And yeah, now I shoot up crack cocaine. I shoot up whatever I can get. You'd never hear it. You'd never hear a veteran say that. You'd hear him blame the start of it. You would never say, man, I took this and it was the best thing ever. You'd you'd hear a veteran say, hey, a doctor gave it to me. Why are you telling me that it's wrong? Well, there's a veteran I know know? that said that. Oh, once you get into the dirty drugs, Mm. I agree. (laughs) Okay, but... I agree. Well, what are you saying that? Well, I'm saying when I was getting it legally, and I hope you're talking about me. I don't know if you are, mm. but when I was getting it legally, I was uh, I was I was on the straight and narrow. It was essentially given to me. I think I had to pay three dollars for the prescription for the month. So when it was brought to my eyes that the pills I was taking were actual narcotics, and I was addicted to them. That was a tough day. Mm-hmm. But it, it could have played out way different for you if you all of a sudden couldn't go get the pills. You could you say, like like you said, you can't get them at the VA anymore, really, unless you have cancer. So you go to the, the pain doctor or whatever, and he says, nah, man, all I got is some ibuprofen for you. And then you're talking to another buddy about this, and he's like, hey, I know a guy who, who sells pills. And you're like, well, I want to go see this guy. You go see that guy, and he's like, okay, and he gives you some, and then you realize, man, this is getting real expensive. And you go see him again, and you're kind of giving him some shit, like, man, this is you know hurting my wallet. And he's like, whoa, you you want a you want a cheaper high? This is and and it's better. This is what you do. This is what you need. So just snort these, you know. And you're it's like, not oh, a high. Okay. It's a painkiller. I know, but it becomes a ooh, that's ooh, that that's quicker and faster, and I, I like that. And it's Way a, more it's a slippery slope. And I know I've done things that I said I would never do when I was drinking. You know, I, I'm never going to do meth. I'm never going to do heroin. I'm never going to do coke. I'm never going to do any of these things. Never, I don't think I ever said that about acid. But I, I said I was never going to do all these drugs. And then I did them when I was drunk. Um, Which leads me to something else I want to talk about real quick before we get back into the the pain meds and stuff. I know we're, we're we're jumping all over the place. I hope you can edit some of those because we we've hit about thirty different categories because things jump in our brains. But go ahead. Man. Okay, so 
I was taking this defensive driving class the other day online for four hours, which was hell. So in that, it starts talking about alcohol and the effects and this and that and how you lose your license and do all this when you get behind the wheel and this and that and how alcohol um, – it oh, what did what did they say? I want to quote them, but I don't remember how they, how it was stated exactly. But it pretty much impairs your judgment. So if it impairs my judgment, I don't know. It, it just it just made me think about all the people that get arrested and taken in for DUI and OWI and all that. And sure, they shouldn't be driving, but to just throw them in jail, I mean, clearly they have a problem. And when they were got behind the wheel. Their judgment was not 100%. Okay, this is the same justice system. We'll just use that word very loosely. That if you have intercourse with a man, let's just say Jamie, and that man is under the influence of alcohol, well, you can go to jail. Because that person doesn't have their judgment with them. Now, you go to jail for having that same judgment. I, mean, I don't know. It, it, none of it really made sense. Like I, I get you, that we, we should not be drinking and driving. I, I get that. It's very dangerous. But at the same time, we're not offering people help. We're just throwing them in jail and making them pay money. Again, yep. the guilt, the shame never stopped me. You know, paying somebody money never stopped me. So I, I don't understand why and how this has been happening for so long. That people just accept it. You know, this is our country. This is our society. You know, do you want to throw away the key to your son and daughter? Like, say your daughter gets a OWI or your son gets OWI. You don't want to just lock them up, throw away the key, and you've been a bad boy. No, they were impaired. They didn't get behind the wheel because they thought it was a great idea. They, you know, like, it's just so baffling. And a lot of times, you know, those people that just start drinking don't think, hey, anything. They just think, hey, I I feel kind of good right now. They're they're not they're not feeling like we are twenty years after you know drinking. If we get pulled over that next morning on the way to the liquor store, I guarantee you we're gonna blow like some crazy numbers. But yet we're really not that impaired. At well, least it, that's what I would think. But in 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 our situation, we wouldn't be. Do you remember when I come and begged you for some help uh, last year after I relapsed? Yeah. And you were like, "Hey, I think you better take a breathalyzer. You're driving." <laughs> And I was like, yeah, fuck that. You're like, hey, I, I see. I don't think you've been there again, but you have been. I use this, this story a lot in what I try to express to uh, other people. Um, you know, in, a, in, in order to be a leader, you've got to put yourself out there and, and let them know how vulnerable you are. And I've said this. I, I'd say I've shared this story 50, 60 times is that when you had me take that breathalyzer, I remember very specifically, I blew a .28. And I remember the look on your face, and you were like, what? And I was like, man, I haven't drank since maybe this morning or whatever. You're like, this is how you're walking around. This is really how you're walking around, man. You're walking around at a .28 which would kill some people, mm-hmm. but that's how deep you get into uh, alcoholism and, 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 and the, the saturation that the alcohol does to your body. Mm-hmm. 
because the way we drink yeah. alcohol, it, it can only leave your body so fast. And I mean, you and I Are both you driving, know it, bro, you're breaking up. It starts. Am I driving? What's going on with your phone? You there? Yeah, I'm not driving, Jamie. I'm in my studio. I don't know. You're starting to sound like a robot, bro. Oh, um, I think it's your phone. You got Sprint service? No, I got AT&T. Hey, throw it out there for these guys. Throw us money. But no, the the way we drink, too, though, it it comes out of our pores, even, because it it can't leave the body fast enough and our, our livers are pretty much trash. It, it can't process the alcohol, even the same rate. So that's why we have the higher numbers. Like I would go to the hospital and blow like a point five nine something. And they'd be staring at me like, Oh my God. And the judge, when he, they read my numbers to him, he's like, most people in this room would be dead right now. If we had that, you know, and I'm like, eh. but uh, that, that's the scary part of the alcoholism. And as I was talking earlier, I don't think I got to finish it, but when people who don't have the problem we have and haven't had it for 20 years, they can have two beers, three beers. They can have a whole fifth, wake up the next day, feel like crap, but not have that physical dependency on the alcohol. So that's that's what makes it tough for them to understand. You know, they, they look at us and go, well, why just don't drink then? You know, but they don't understand how deep we're already into it. We, it, that is not an option for us. We can't just not drink. Yeah, it's so tough to have somebody look at you like that. Mm-hmm. That that looks at you and says, "Why didn't you stop? Or why did you take that drink?" Yeah, Holy Christ! I didn't want to. <laughs> I had to. And I didn't know I was drunk like that. Right. But you certainly. Well, girl, when my when I went in with the pancreatitis and uh, into the coma. Now, I, I'm going to try to remember this. It was, I believe it was after I came out of the coma from the, the uh, septicism in my body. I went septic. Um, it was a while later after I promised my sister, God bless her, that loves me so much that she keeps saving my life over and over. Um, I just had to run up to the hospital. I didn't feel real well. wasn't feeling good. And they took blood. And I knew I hadn't drank for at least a day because I didn't feel good. And and this doctor comes on and he's like, your blood alcohol is 0.182. And I'm like, it's impossible. He's like, no, your body's, you know, in his opinion, was making alcohol for itself, which I didn't know it could do. But it'll take the sugars in your body and be like, hey, you're, you're dying here. We, we'll, we'll make a little for you. Have you have you went through that? I probably have. I wasn't aware of that though. Yeah, and again, not an excuse because I could have been drinking that day also. But I I, I was ninety nine percent sure that I hadn't had anything to drink because you know I didn't feel good. So yeah, we just don't digest. Once you get so saturated, we don't digest the alcohol the same way. Right. It's tougher for it to leave the body, and it's, it's scary, man. It really is. And you know, we've talked about, man. you know, the pills. We've talked about the drinking. We've talked about the sadness. We've talked about your relapse a little bit, and you know what you thought turning to a friend would would do for you. And obviously, you, you know, the alcohol is not really your friend. And 
I think you're on the right path to wanting to to find a purpose. And like I said, that's what did it for me. Um, getting it, the good advice. I, I, from, I will tell you that I need a path. Like I waited for this all day. Yeah, and that, that's a good sign. You know, because before I waited to not drink all day. And now it's late at night. I'm not going anywhere. The stores are closed. I appreciate doing this at 9 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I waited to do this all day today. I thought nothing outside of my podcast that I want um, to get brutal honesty out there, to talk to you tonight. And get uh, two one three out there or two one seven. Excuse me. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I know, right? I I'm, I was thinking the room downstairs again. It's one one three. But anyhow, sorry about that. You know, to get uh, to get to get us out there because people need us. I needed you today. I've needed you all day. I needed you yesterday. And this podcast is my friend. It's. It's what I had to have today to stay sober. Yeah, it's not a meeting. It, I didn't need a meeting. I needed this. I needed you. <laughs> I needed the people that are going to listen to this, right? And to stay sober today. And there's somebody out there, Jamie, that's listening that can identify with exactly what you're saying, and really, maybe now have a little bit of hope. And you, you've not yet met this person, you know, maybe, maybe you'll meet him at the UFAM rally that's coming up in September. It was supposed to be in May, but they moved it of course. And, um, there's a link to that on our website. If you want to learn more about that, 217recovery.com, we're going to be a sponsor. They, they have us as a different sponsor this year, which I got to send an email like, yo, we need to be a media sponsor, but, um, we'll have Scott Massey on the show and he'll talk more about UFAM as, as we got a few months about that. But, yeah, I mean, maybe you'll meet him there, Jamie, or maybe you know. You'll I, I hope. Get the... so. I hope somebody. I hope there's a veteran listening to us tonight that says, "I know, I know how that guy feels because I feel the same way." And in the brutal honesty website and podcast, excuse me, is going is going to be. I'm not saying that anybody can't call us. I, anybody that needs us can call us. But I'm going to focus on veterans. I'm tired of us dying constantly. Dying by our own hands, man. Mm-hmm. 22 a day. Damn. That is a staggering amount. So I needed you today for this. I hope somebody tomorrow needs me for brutal honesty. Yeah. You know? They will. And as long as you remain sober, we will get this going. And because I was thinking about it earlier, I'm like, man, I should I should make him have like some time sober first. But then I thought, you know what? Who am I, you know, like to tell you how much you, time you need? The only thing that's going to make him have time sober is 217 podcast and focusing on brutal honesty. Yeah. That, that's it, man. That's what I it's was It's not like. an AA meeting. Yeah. It's not an NA meeting. This is what I have to have in order to do and accomplish my goals. 
Yeah, I think it would be a great fit, and I think it'd be welcoming to some people. And you know, as I've gotten, like you said earlier, sixteen months now, you know, I'm I'm starting to move off into a different realm of my recovery. And you know, you're still very early in early recovery, so a new recovery. Right. You know, and there's nothing wrong with Which that, man. Which is great because uh, yeah, I'm going to ask you publicly to to be my sponsor, man. Absolutely. I don't have one. You promise? Yeah. Absolutely, man. It'd be my honor. Thank you. Now, let's just get that book bought. <laughs> I need you, man. I know, I know you do, brother. And I, I don't I'm know a- what a sponsor is. I don't know much about stuff, but I know when I was looking forward to this. Excuse me, sorry about. God damn, you got a little teary there, bud. But I know that I need you, and God's put you in my life for a reason. We talked about it all day yesterday, and we never said like a funny word about when we bring up God in our sobriety, we say funny shit about everything else, but we don't say it about our God in our sobriety. So I wanted to call you out tonight and, and I want to make sure you call me out every day for the rest of my life. Okay. I'll definitely do that. So you're announcing publicly that you're my sponsor. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep, Are you I, sponsoring anybody else? I am not. Good. So, <laughs> but and I'll go far. Enough, I promise you to go far enough in sobriety that someday somebody's going to ask me to be their sponsor. Yeah. So and you know, just be brutally honest with me. You know, there, there's nothing that you need to lie to me about. Um, I've been Absolutely. there, been there, I've done it, man. And to tell you the truth, I was feeling a little bad that I gave you money yesterday and it wasn't because it has nothing about the money. It was just about, man, did I enable him? Did I walk, walk him into oncoming traffic? I'm almost, you know, like the, I was like, did I do something that I shouldn't have done? The best thing about that money that you, uh, gave me yesterday was, uh, my daughter and um, what's her cousin, I guess. I don't know where I fit into that. Because we got to stop down at the gas station and I shouldn't be chewing, I know that. But I, I got to use the the, the other uh, $12 of that to get uh, them two Gatorades. I got two Coca-Colas, but I, I got to buy it, you know. Mm-hmm. That's good. So no, you didn't enable. You you did enable me. If I wanted to do that, I would have been able to do it. And I seen that. And I, I seen the resistance when you did that for me. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't a, it wasn't about the money. It was about mm, am I am I walking him in, into oncoming traffic here with this? And I, I've been, been on the I, other I've end of it. it and I, that that was really weighing on my mind, you know, and. I got home and I, I talked to my girlfriend about it and I was like, you know, I, I, th- I think I, I think I did something bad. You know, she's like, what? <laughs> I told her, you know, I was like, I, I gave Jamie, you know, a couple dollars and I don't know if, if he went and used that and 
is drinking right now. And, you know, I feel like that's my responsibility. That's my fault. And she let me know, well, no, it's, it's not your fault. And you're just trying to help a friend out. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's true. And of course, how I think about it. So happy to call you this morning. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What's he doing?" Sorry for cutting you off again. Go ahead, no, but, but that's why I was going to call you this morning. But yeah, the the whole helping a friend out, and um, you know, there, and she told me she's like, "Well, even if you know he decided to do that, that's that's not on you. He would have figured out how to do that regardless." And and well, I, sure. I've I've done similar things like that to my to my mom, where she would say, "Don't use this twenty you know, for alcohol. And I would promise her I'm not using that 20 for alcohol, but I would use that 20 to put it in my gas tank. So I wouldn't have to use my own money in my gas tank. And I would use my own money to buy alcohol. So, I mean, in a way I didn't use the 20 that she handed me for alcohol, but because she gave me the 20, I was able to buy alcohol. So, I mean, yep. I don't know. It, but it, that, that's just, I'm so glad I don't have to live that life anymore. I'll tell you that. So, no, you, you don't, because remember I said, uh, my, my ex-wife was giving me something for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just talked to to my girlfriends about this tonight. Um, she gave me her food card thing, which I've never had to deal with, you know, because, you know, I own the company, you know, I do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I've always had means to money, especially the money to do what I want to do it. But, uh, you know, I didn't know that that food card was only for food. I know now, and I feel foolish about that. But um, <laughs> so we went in. Right, it, it says EVD or bridge card or something like that. And uh, and thank God for my ex-wife right now. You know, she's done a, a lot of good things for me and and uh, uh, with my kids and stuff. But you know, I talked to my girlfriends tonight. And they're going to be a big part of, of brutally honest. And I say, I, I was, I was a bit, I was sweating. I, I felt like I was stealing food, you know? And they're like, well, <laughs> did you buy stuff that, you know, wasn't right? I was like, no, it's not like I went and got steak and shrimp. I, I bought cereal and, and, and eggs and butter, you know? But, uh, yeah, if I wanted to, I could have turned the money you gave me into alcohol, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and when I got out of the car, you said, are you going in there to buy alcohol? And I said no, and I didn't. But ever since the relapse, I feel like when I drive, I'm jittery. When I'm outside, I'm jittery. Like, I feel weird ever since the relapse, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. especially after my girlfriend had called you and I was upset with her. But at the same time, super happy she did because that made you come get me. And I didn't want to look at you, man. I didn't. I didn't want to look at you. I've been trying for 16 months, <laughs> less two days, whatever you have, <laughs> beat this demon. Uh, and, uh, and I didn't. So it was very embarrassing, yeah. you know. Yeah, don't. It was very embarrassing to call 
that friend instead of you. Yeah, I'm a better friend than alcohol, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you are. I'm not even Big bragging. Friend. I mean, that's just facts I, right there. I promise you that I'll pick you over that, and that's why you're my sponsor now, and that's why we're going to do amazing things for for people mm-hmm. and for ourselves. Yeah, and then, you know, you got to do it so for you yourself, obviously. You I have to be honest with you, right? you got to be honest with me from now on. Yeah. Right. What was I not honest about? Oh, you haven't lied to me about anything, but that's the whole deal. Yes. Yeah. You just made a commitment to me. I made a commitment to you. And at the end of the day, I never would have expected to have a sponsor that's not a uh, another Marine. And I have it. So I'm just asking you to be honest with me. So I can be honest with you. Sexual relationship. And if you get in trouble with your friend, you'll call me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm, I'm, I don't have any, I don't have that friend anymore. Knock on wood. Knock on glass. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't no, either. But, but, I, had, I, had, I had nothing to do with that friend until... I let everybody down. You kind of let yourself because down. Because somebody and... talks. You didn't. Uh, you didn't let me down. Did I, I did. No. That's not bullshit, man. Huh, you I, did, you didn't I let me down. did in my heart let you down. No. When I drank. No. Nope. Sorry. I'm. I'm in the. I'm in the trench with you, Jamie. I. I. You know, like other people, like you know your your family and your girlfriend they they might feel a little bit let down and i think it's because they they have that hope and this is something that my mom had to and i, I can see the stages in other people you know and my mom would get this way like ah oh, what do i do what do i do and then finally she just kind of all right you know it went from being super pissed off and why did you drink to let's get you some help or and then i thought well i'll just go back to rehab and she's like why You've been there enough. Like, what? What do you? What honestly are you going to learn from another rehab? It's like what you need to do is just get your ass, stop drinking, and sober up. When you can eat, you know, come out, come down, whatever, and you know, let's just get back and start over. You know, and the people in our our lives, they 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 love us, Jamie, and they want to see us do good. And you, know, you'll, you'll understand that, and you you know you know they love you, and you know that. You know, they don't want bad things to happen to you. I mean, it, it's just a process. So, I mean, you didn't let me down. You know, it's it's just like, well, okay. Here's the thing is, is I had to, to hold me accountable now. Like, I, I, I feel as if I can't lie to you. Even though I'm older, even though I'm, I'm not going to say a superior, but because I'm, I'm older than you, I, I might have a superior superiority to you but I, I won't lie to you because I look up to you you know and there's nothing wrong with that man to see people who have what you want and if you go to AA meetings you'll see people say that a lot you know and they'll say I, I want what he has and 
well, then you need to get with that person and say, hey, how you how you doing it? What, what, what are you doing? And obviously, you see what I'm doing That's with, with the podcast. Yesterday. You've got 16 months. Yeah. I know. See, so there, there was little <laughs> things that happened yesterday that you may not have seen. But are going to, in the end, mean a life to me. I'm tired of drinking, man. Yeah, you get, that's old. It's not the life, man. They, right. They, they they always say, oh, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. No, that's for real. That's a real statement. That's the one I won't call you out on. Because I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. So. You know, and, and I truly believe that, like we talked about yesterday, God has had a divine intervention in our lives. That made me ask you that question tonight, which was, will you be my sponsor? Because I believe in you. You're the first person that called me out. And between this podcast and Brutally Honest and Broken the Beautiful, we're going to do some things, man. Yes, we will. And just, you know. I look- don't ever want to be posed with that question. That's a tough question for a guy to ask another guy. Especially a military man. Especially a Marine. Will you help me? Help myself. Pretty tough. Yeah. But I'm proud of you for reaching out because you could have said the whole, "Ah, I don't need that and I don't. I don't even know what a sponsor is. I don't. I don't need anything to do with that. You know. But the fact that you're opening up and willing to be brutally honest and say, "I, I need somebody else. I need somebody. I, I need somebody to, to show me what what way to go." You know, this isn't a a, a combat field. And as much as it is a combat field against against alcohol and, and other um, other drugs, it. It it takes some some finesse. It, it takes some time. It takes some thinking. And to like you said earlier, pull the car over for a minute. You know, just 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 stop it for a minute. Just just think. And you know, we're emotional creatures, and we normally deal with our emotions. And something happened last week when we moved in here. Uh, a couple of guys, Chris and and Dustin, helped me move in, and they got back to the house and they got reprimanded for being 13 minutes late to their house meeting. And the the guy who owns the house doesn't like me for some reason. And I have no idea why, but I wanted to fire back at him. Cause he's like, well, you're never, you're not welcome here again. And I'm like, what did I do, dude? I, I didn't get them drunk. I, I actually paid them. They helped me and they helped their recovery by helping somebody. And we had a great time in recovery. Marnie made them uh, breakfast and we had dinner and pizza and it was fun. We, they had fun in recovery and for him to say I'm not welcome there anymore because they were 13 minutes late for something I had no control over, you know, the the roads getting the U-Haul back. I mean, 13 minutes late, not a big deal. But for some reason, he took his emotions out on them because of however he was feeling about me for whatever reason he's feeling that way. And I wanted to fire back at him. I had to stop, Jamie. I had to stop. And I had to just, I had to think. Okay. You know, there's there's no reason for me to use my emotions because I felt I felt hurt, and I felt like why is this guy attacking friends of mine because of because of me? You know, like why doesn't he just 
if he has a problem with me, why doesn't he come to me? Well, it's because he's insecure in himself or whatever his problem is. I don't know. And I have to just kind of step. It's like like the piece of dog shit in the road. You just have to kind of step over it, you know, and then you just keep walking. You're like, all right, that's way back there. I don't have to deal with that anymore. But it, it took me a minute, Jamie, and I had to stop myself and I had to just think, okay, let's, let's take the emotions out of play here. And then I realized too, and that's why, you know, some people might be like, well, I haven't heard Ryan on a podcast anymore. What's going on with that? Well, there's a little conflict of interest going on there. And that had a lot to do with kind of everything that went down. And that's not good for 217 recovery. We have a conflict of interest in place already that I had sent off with our 501c3, which I'm glad we have in place. Our 501c3 application, you know, it it strongly suggests that you have a conflict of interest in policy. and, and And I did. And the fact that you know, once all that went down, I had to clear head and I thought about, okay, well, what, what is this and what really played out here? And I, I called a meeting with the, the board members and we had a vote, which section six in our, um, anyway, I'm, I'm getting into too much here about legal you're, stuff you're, or whatever. Gonna, but, what, what I'm going to tell you is I appreciate you saying that you would sponsor me. Yes. Thank you for, um, really you're me back part in. of what you do is, uh, is amazing. Uh, my part of what I do is my responsibility. It's uh, it's my calling, and I'm ready. So it's just it's time now. I'm excited about the future, and just think in September you're gonna have five months sober when we go to the UFAM rally. And you wait, wait till you see how we do it there, man. We did it last year. Like normal people have their little tents under the thing and their little table. No, Jamie, we're bringing our own tent. Well, you've probably seen pictures. Rob and I went down there last year with Anna, and we're just out in the middle of nowhere, dude. And we're gonna be doing big things, man. You just just wait. You you'll, you'll be impressed, and you'll be like, man, Corey knows what the hell he's doing. <laughs> like, yes, he does. But and I, I believe in you. Why I asked you? What I asked you? I asked you to be my sponsor. Yeah. The thing is, is I need to get. Um, brutally honest on board. Um, I have, I have to get this done and I, I need your help, but, uh, at the same time, I need a lot of people's help because brutally honest is going to be life changing for somebody. It's going to be life changing yep. for me and, even and, if- and it's going to be life changing for some other veteran that's not going to listen to you and say, Hey, this is what I need to do. Absolutely. Um, I want to try to keep it lighthearted. I know tonight we've had nothing but serious talks, uh, but it's because I uh, I messed up. And you reeled me back in. Uh, my girlfriend reeled me back in. My daughter asked me not to do this again because of, so you know, I, I messed up. But, because of things that, that, that may or may not have happened to it. Um, Just, you know, and, you f- and I'd rather have you walking beside me as my new good friend than to do what I did. Embarrassingly with the police here and everything else with my old friend. Yeah. So, like a battlefield. Like if, if you're running from one trench to another, 
bullets are flying at you, you're not going to stop and go, well, I'm, I'm going to go back to the other trench and see how that one is again. No, you've already made it to the front. Let, let's just keep moving forward. And that's something that yeah. you can do in your recovery. You know, like that happened. Let's, let's keep going. You're not going back to you that know, trench anymore. I'll probably use that and brutally honest. I like that analogy. You know, like just, just keep moving forward, Jamie. And, and we'll figure this out. And I'll, I'm your sponsor. So if you have any questions, yes, you, you know, feel to go public and say it too. <laughs> feel free to. Yeah, there's no, there's no turning back now, brother. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, it's all good, man. I can't wait to start designing the logo. For brutally honest, I think that'll look pretty nice. Uh, I'll send I got you. A, some, I, got some, uh, I got a couple different uh, logos in my head, right, but yeah. I, you know, we'll, we'll see what you like too. And uh, BH is going to be a big thing, yeah. and and it's not for any other reason other than to help other veterans that can't talk and won't talk because of because we've always got to be. The best, the most brutal son of a bitches in the world, mm-hmm. but we're not. You know, it, it's a bottle with a, a red top on it. It's a bottle with a silver top on it. It is alcohol is the biggest enemy. Can I be brutally honest? When you can, I, we talked about this, and I was thinking about this, and I've been talking with Rob, uh, not really talking, but chatting, and. Uh, another guy that used to be in 217 recovery told me that he talked to Rob not too long ago and that Rob was, you know, I can't find Rob. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking like, it would be great. You know, if, you know, maybe Rob needs to to get back on a podcast, you know, maybe he needs to, um, absolutely kind of have that outlet. Cause I know Rob was having a lot of fun with it. I mean, I would frustrate the hell out of him, but (laughs) That, that was kind of what I did. That's what we all do with Rob, you know, he, just to get him so mad. And but I don't, well, I don't know. You know it's a connection. I, uh, I love the guy, and I wish he was here. Where is he? Kalamazoo. See, last I heard from him, he was going to like Hawaii or something, or some some Florida, maybe something. He went to Kentucky for a minute, but. But I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of reach out and kind of see where he's at. And I haven't really talked to him into too de- too much detail. He just sent me a picture of his golf tournament or whatever. And um, what's amazing with Rob is he's got a different um, drug addict. He's a different drug addict than I am. Right. You know, but he he still can help me when I get stuck. Yeah, and because Rob's got a brutal battle. Um, he's got. Brutal battle, PTSD. Oh, I thought you were going to so say bad great. choice in women. Yeah, he does. <laughs> well, that's because he probably took all yours, and that's why you say that. But <laughs> anyhow, um, no. I would, uh, I would, I would appreciate if you could get me in contact with Rob. Okay, I'll do that because I would like him to be part of uh, 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 brutal honesty. All right. We'll talk about that more off air, but um, we do have to wrap okay. it up. But, Jamie, it was great talking to you tonight. I'm glad I'm your sponsor. Thanks for being brutally honest, opening up, and letting people listen to to you confess. Yeah, that, that yeah, you you relapsed, and you're moving forward, and you got big big things ahead in your future now. So, you know, it, that kind of that, that relapse kind of happened for a reason, if you kind of look at it in a weird way. Oh, man, it did. You know? It did. And it, it was uh... – 
It, it, yeah, yeah, it did. Absolutely, it did. And, and that that sucks. It sounds like I'm a you know sissy for for saying it, but it happened to get me here. Uh, it happened to get me to finally ask for a sponsor. And uh, and I hope Bob and I can talk uh, tonight or tomorrow, and 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 uh, we can do some. All of us can do some great things. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right, Jamie. Well, thanks again, and we'll be hearing from you um, soon. We'll set up a schedule, and like I said, we'll we'll talk tomorrow um, off the air about a few things, and and I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm excited. All right, um, I got a couple things for you. Um, should we talk off the air? I just need to know how to set up my uh, my part of the Brutally Honest podcast. <laughs> First, you uh, me a check for eighteen thousand dollars. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, we'll we'll talk about that off the air. We'll talk about that tomorrow. You want me to go get that out of my sock drawer? <laughs> just yeah, just don't write me a check. No, you said cash, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Man. Teach me how to do what I got to do, um, and, and teach me a few things, and let's go from there, man. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to waking up tomorrow. Excellent. All right. This well, something I can say all the time. Just don't call me at seven a.m. Uh, I probably will. Okay, great. I'll be uh, I'll be ready. I'm I'll be up. With, the, the great thing is, is that you you made me obsessed with things I have to do. So uh, yeah. that's your fault. Yeah, that, that's a, we'll that's a good tomorrow. problem to have. Get the po- <laughs> get the podcast out there, and uh, what time can people listen to the podcast? Yeah, because you'll have like three thousand more, ten thousand, <laughs> probably thirty, fifty thousand more people listening to it because I'm on there Man. than before. I need to know how to get this thing out. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we'll like I said, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Right now, though. We just got to wrap it up. Uh, thanks okay, for... Okay, <laughs> we're wrapping it up. How thanks long for... is it going to take you to get on there? We'll talk about that tomorrow, Jamie. Okay. Okay. And... <laughs> and like that, he's gone. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast tonight. Uh, I wasn't expecting that to happen. It was, uh, it was good. I'm, I'm glad that, that Jamie is, is wanting to move forward and wanting to do something positive. And, you know, a podcast isn't for everybody. Um, my advice though, would be to, to, to find something that you're passionate about. And like I said, when I was talking with Jamie, you know, I, I've done radio for 20 years. Uh, I've worked in, you know, started in Benton Harbor, Kalamazoo, San Antonio, Dallas, Fort Smith, and Fayetteville, Arkansas. And then came back home to Benton Harbor and just didn't work out there. Um, was fired for having depression, which they can't do, but they did. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was a bad situation and that, that didn't help with the, the alcohol and the drinking, but it happened the way it needed to happen. And that's why I'm, I'm doing this podcast right now. You know, you have to believe that things happen for a reason. And what that reason is, isn't for you to know right now. Um, when I got out of my car on November 28th, 2018, and that guy came up to me and said, what are you doing? You, 
you almost killed some people. And I said, what are you talking about? And I, I had no, I don't remember driving. I just remember getting out of the car and he said, dude, you were driving. And I said, what are you talking about? And then I realized, okay, I'm in my apartment complex parking lot. And he said, man, I'm going to call the cops. You're drunk. I said, well, go call the cops, man. I wasn't driving. Cops got there. I, I waited outside. You know, I, I could have went into my apartment and locked the door. And um, I, I didn't, though. I, I waited for the cop. The cop got there, and I told him that, again, I wasn't driving, that there was some woman in my car, and she was driving. And the cop just kind of looked at me like he didn't know what to do. And it was my word against the other guy's word. And I told the cop that he could not take me to jail, and that's when he took me to jail. <laughs> And it all had to happen like that, and um, I'm glad it did. I'm, I'm glad that I, I didn't kill anybody. I said earlier that when people get behind the wheel, they're not in their right mind, and they're not. And I, I really wish we could change the system to help people instead of just lock them up and put them in the corner. That that, that doesn't work. You know, if you really want to help your kid out, find out why he's he's doing that. You know, why why would he? want to do that and and talk to him about it instead of just don't do that. I told you not to get in the corner that that doesn't help anybody. You know, the kid doesn't really learn. He doesn't understand why he shouldn't do that. You know, whatever he's doing or she's doing, you know, putting somebody in jail, putting somebody in a corner for a drug problem isn't, isn't the right answer. Um, I don't, don't get me wrong about, you know, people that are just selling drugs and making a profit off of other people's misery, I don't believe in that. That, you can go to jail for sure. I don't mind that. But for somebody who's in active addiction and and struggling with it, you know, I, I don't think by making bad decisions, by getting behind the wheel, I mean, they made a bad decision by calling a friend to have them go get them alcohol even. You know, those those are all bad decisions that could lead to them in the future, you know, getting behind the wheel. But if you can you know, stop it before it gets that far. I think that's something that we should look into as a society. And this is our country. You know, we can, we can change things and you can, we can for sure. Absolutely. But you can't wait forever for other people to do it. Cause that, that's just not going to happen. And hopefully we can talk about that kind of stuff at the UFAM rally. And like I said earlier, that is on our website. It's right on the main page. If you go to two seventeen recovery.com, if you want to go to the rally, it's in Lansing at the Capitol, and it, it was a great time last year, and we hope that more people are, are coming out to that. And we just want to show them, like, hey, look, we're in recovery. We're doing great. We're real people. We count, too, and we vote. Yeah, and we're going to change things, and that's the whole premise behind it. So check out their website. There are, All the details are there on their website. There's a lot of resources on their website, too. So just kind of bounce around from our website to their website, back to our website, Broken Beautiful Podcast is on our website. Podcast Nation, like I said, uh, kind of on a hiatus. Um, figure out what I'm going to do with that or what we're going to do with that. Um, not sure where Chris Goss is tonight, but um, yeah, th- thanks for listening, though. And we're available on all the platforms, your podcast. I don't, I haven't checked pandora in a few days and weeks actually so who knows they say that we're going to be on there soon they say we're already on there but we're not at least last time i checked but spotify iHeartRadio, google podcast apple podcast you name it we're pretty much there so 
Thanks for listening and share this with your friends. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.